What's going on, everybody, and welcome back to the Hoops Corner. I'm your host, Peter Tran, and on the line, I think from the dog pound, maybe uh, the emergency room, Josh Cohen, Iceman himself. How you doing? This podcast is going to be my flu game, so be ready, boys. I'm coming. Oh, you okay there, champ? You all right? You need a pizza? You need a, You need somebody to be your Scotty? Yeah, I think somebody... Uh... Did the same thing as what they did with Michael in 98. They gave him some bad pizza or something completely different. <laughs> oh, man. The banger in the paint. Apparently coming from uh, the Orlando bubble, if that's still up. There's on Walia. How you doing? I'm doing good. You know, uh, Josh, if you want to tell everyone the truth, just like Michael, you might have been out the night before and... Uh... This is maybe more a result of that than some bad pizza. Mm, this is true. There might have been some drinks involved. Oh, <laughs> now we're talking. What kind of drinks, Josh? No, I can't I get into that. But it uh, rhymes with Rennie. <laughs> Rennie. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I might have to send TMZ out to find you, to find out what you were doing last night. Just like for Ime Udoka, boys. What a, what a wild story. I mean, I don't think we need to get really deep into this other than Coach Ime Udoka is going to be suspended from the Celtics for a whole year. That's a long time for a team that just went to the finals, man. As a rookie coach, as a rookie head coach, sorry, this guy's getting suspended because he had a quote-unquote consensual relationship with a female employee of the Boston Celtics. Not, not great. And probably the biggest crime of them all, stepping out on Nia Long, who is obviously beloved in every community possible. Just, uh, I mean, it's not great for the Celtics, Raj. This, this really butchers your any chance at like continuity or any like any substance to coaching. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, uh, well, obviously the Celtics are the big losers here, um, and obviously Iman Yudoka. But like for those team that always had some question marks, especially after Brad Stevens leaving. Uh, and then all of a sudden, now they have this rookie head coach bring them to the finals. He made Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Jason Tatum all work together. And then for this to happen, and how are they going to take the new interim head coach seriously with that coach kind of looking maybe uh, for his next contract, his next opportunity? Uh, and we'll, we'll get to see what the Celtics are really made out of. But to go back on what he did with... Uh, with an ex-staff, or with a staff or an ex-staffer, I don't know. But um, I, I really wonder what's uh, what's going to be in store with the Celtics. Like, this team has a lot of question marks now going into the season where they were probably going to be one of the favorites in the East. Now I feel like there's just question marks around this team. And, you know, just talking about the coaching, um, they're bringing in a, a guy who, if you do a quick search on him on Google, the first couple of results are... Uh, Missoula charged with domestic violence and then Joe Missoula cited for public urination. So they're replacing one coach who's had, or obviously has some major issues organizationally with the guy who has a history. And then if you look at what happened in the off season with, um, Danny Ainge poaching, who would have been the Celtics current head coach and Will Hardy, who's now the head coach of the Utah Jazz. This puts Boston, as you mentioned, in a very precarious um, situation. 
And their off season went from absolutely phenomenal to in the last couple of weeks, like, I mean, it's not looking that great in terms of the outlook for the Celtics. They went from maybe championship contenders to, I don't know, nobody really knows what's going to happen with them going forward, but obviously they're in a bad spot. And the one thing that nobody's really, like nobody's really talked about the quiet part out loud yet, because everyone in the media is, you know, trying to stay quiet on this whole topic and that Udoka's um, career is basically over at this point, right? Like he's not coming back after this year is over. There's no chance he's going to be the yeah. head coach of this team. And then Hell nobody no. else is going to touch him. He's going to be blacklisted for sure. Uh, I mean, I think he'll get an assistant job, but I don't see him getting a head coaching job anywhere. I don't know with the media scrutiny, uh, how it is nowadays and social media. I don't think any team wants that around their orbit, you know? Yeah, but but we're also talking about sports here and getting results and uh, what he did in his rookie year. Like, I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I think some owners in a couple of years when they're looking for results and a coach who had to kind of right his wrongs or pay his time or whatever you want to kind of classify it. I think he might get another opportunity, but I don't foresee him having as good of an opportunity like he's not going to walk into coach the lakers anytime soon uh and be center stage on a lot of espn games but i could see in a couple of years um him being an assistant and maybe getting an opportunity with a smaller market team but it, it, it's the way the celtics did it. it was smart good management they didn't fire him and make it a bigger story it's he's on leave of absence for a year and at some point in the year, they're probably going to be like, the team has decided to go in a different direction after further investigation. And um, that's probably how they're going to do it, just to kind of not to make this into a huge wildfire and whatnot. So um, honestly, like a crazy turn of events. I don't think anyone could have predicted this. And this is probably the biggest news story in the Eastern Conference, probably in the NBA. But uh it's overshadowing something else we're going to talk he, about as well. He needs to just join like a boys club, like Robert Sarver's Phoenix Suns. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> fit, Maybe. He'll fit right in, apparently. Nice transition. Uh, oh, you like that, huh? We'll see. We'll talk about Boston like next week. But for now, guys, I want to hit on the Western Conference over-unders. Last year, we did okay in the West. It wasn't great, but Raj and Josh, you guys both... Uh, you hit eight out of fifteen teams. I mean, that's a decent, decent clip. Not the best. <laughs> you still lose money, but you know, barely. I would have definitely lost. I had seven out of fifteen, so not great. But hopefully, this year we'll do a little bit better. You know what I'm saying? Um, let's start off with the. We'll go in alphabetical order. The Dallas Mavericks. So over the summer they added. Uh, let's talk about their major names: Christian Wood, Javale McGee pretty much it for their major names they lost obviously Jalen Brunson lost Boban did you know about that one losing Boban what a what a source what a major move yeah hey anyways hey, hey, they're hold, over on, hold on hold on hold on who he play for well I'm looking at it so I don't want to I don't want to cheat but Boban went to like Orlando or something <laughs> this guy Yo, did you know they lost Boban? Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course I knew they lost <laughs> Boban. <laughs> Orlando. I did know they lost Boban, but I don't know where he went. Uh, he was in that Christian Wood trade, eh? Okay. Yeah. Houston. Yes, Best sir. team in Texas. Anyways, so the Dallas Mavericks over under 48 and a half. Josh, I'll let you start with this one since uh, Luke is your boy and all. Are they going over? 
This is a real tough one, honestly. Um, I think it really relies upon what you think about Spencer Dinwiddie and his role in this team. Because Luke always misses, you know, 10 to 15 games a year. And they really have no ball handling outside of Spencer Dinwiddie. So once Luca's out, Dinwiddie's going to do the exact same thing as what Brunson did last year, and that he's going to be like the main cog on offense like Luca is right now. And is that good enough in the Western Conference to eke out a few wins when Luca's gone? And then you got to factor in what they're going to do with their starting lineup, which hasn't been confirmed yet. Like a lot of people are talking about Christian Wood coming off the bench this year because JaVale McGee is 100% starting. He was promised the starting role when he signed in the offseason. Yep. And if you look at their team, like Finney Smith is probably a better fit at the four than Christian Wood. So honestly, if I was them, I'd still start Wood at the four and then bring him out after like three, four minutes in the game and then make him play center once McGee comes out. Um, I do like their lineup construction with Wood. They can do a lot of different things with him. And he's going to a contract year too. So I think he's going to be really good this year. And, you know, regular seasons and Luca is phenomenal. So uh, this one's tough. I'm going to go over. Wow, um, that's a that's a bit shocking. I I, I think losing Jalen Brunson was huge. I think to <laughs> replace his productivity, like I know Peter, you're going to say something, but for me, maybe I've never believed in the Mavericks as much. There's no maybe. maybe. It's just my. <laughs> huh? Just I remember but, years uh, ago you I, chose the Rockets over them. The Walk Rockets won like ten games that year. Yeah, the Dallas <laughs> Mavericks, the worst team in in Texas. He said. Texas. I didn't say worse. I said the Rockets, the best team in Texas. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, but uh, I'll, I'll say under here. I think the Mavericks probably went around 45, 46 games. I think Luca's health, and he's going to have to carry the load um, like he always does. And I think it takes a, its toll over the course of a season. And not having Brunson as a backup um, is big. And I, I still think they need a little more playmaking uh, besides Luca. So quickly, you're like the main five, right? You're looking at a lineup of Luca, Tim Hardaway Jr., who's coming back from injury, Dorian Finney-Smith, Christian Wood, and Luca, or uh, sorry, and JaVale McGee, right? And then bench guys, or lesser role guys, Massey Kleba, Reggie Bullock, what, Davis no. Bertans and Spencer Dinwiddie? I think Bullock I is definitely going to start for them. He's going to be a starter for sure. At the two? Yeah. Instead of THJ? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Whatever. I don't even think Dinwiddie's going to start, to be honest. So I think he's going to come off the bench and then, you know, maybe THJ. Depends what they do with Wood, right? Like if THJ could yeah. easily start at a three and then you bring Wood off the bench or you start Wood and then bring THJ up. Either way, like they have some firepower in that lineup. They have like, yeah, it's pretty deep, right? I'm, I'm in on this over, man. And the most important part that you guys have not talked about, Luca's in shape. Luca played Eurobasket and was noise. He's not drinking or smoking as much as that you know we've seen, obviously. But you know, Luca looks in shape. I'm in. I'm in on this Dallas team. Top three seed in the West. How about that? Wow, that's a bit. It's a bit of a stretch. Yeah, I mean, the one Top thing three. that some people have talked about in the media is that I think last year Luca had about six to eight weeks in between whatever competition was happening last year versus. This year, where there's only two or three weeks in between your basket to this, you know, the training camp, so Luca can't go out and you know have a bender for that long a time anyway. So maybe he's not going to yeah, come right. in looking like, uh, you know, Oliver Miller in his prime. Whoa! Unnecessary shots at Oliver Miller, man. 
That was a big boy. <laughs> All right, so Raj is the only one going under on the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks are going to be nice this year, Raj. Just remember. Um, okay. I was wrong about them, so let's just keep the tradition. <laughs> Continue alive. the trend. All right, let's move. Let's move forward to the Denver Nuggets, guys. A lot of off-season movement. Uh, they lost Will Barton, Facundo Campazzo, our boy DeMarcus Cousins, Bryn Forbes, Monte Morris, my guy Austin Rivers. Brought in Bruce Brown, who we all love, KCP, who fits in perfectly, uh, our favorite washed-up center, DeAndre Jordan, Ish Smith, and that's about it. And hopefully they'll have a healthy Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr., so we're looking at an over-under of 49.5 wins. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, they're going to be an over. They've been an over for the past like two or three years. And for some reason, Vegas doesn't believe that Nikola Jokic can carry this team to 50-something wins because he carried them to 48 last year with, uh, uh, l- let's just say, a very subpar lineup. With real players on that team, boy, we're looking at 50 wins easy for the Nuggets. Yeah, this one's a lock for me. This one's definitely over. Um, I mean, last year they came into the season and obviously they had some injuries. And what did they end up? 48 wins. So you said it was 49 and a half? Wow. And uh, they were fourth in offensive efficiency last year with Jokic and a bunch of guys. And now they're bringing back Murray and Porter Jr. And you'd expect them to play at least... 40 plus games each. So just that in itself, they're probably going to at least stay in the fourth spot or even get better. If they play a lot of games, they'll be first. And then you look at their defense, you know, just having players that can actually play basketball on the court and KCP, who always plays pretty much every game of the regular season. That's big. And I love that trade for them, obviously. And I honestly, I think going into the season, I think I would choose them as my preseason favorite for the championship as well no i'm not wow. going that far yeah J- josh is just far. putting the ultimate jinx on right yeah now. man let's relax um, <laughs> yeah yeah like uh, uh i think the nuggets are going to get like 51 wins so that's an over for me um i think they have the benefit of at least some of their role players having a bigger role last year when um jamal murray and mpj were out and I think they have a well-rounded team, good coaching. Jokic now has some uh, help there. So, uh, yeah, I think this is going to be 51-52 win team. I think they'll be a top three seed in the West. I don't think they'll they'll be number one in the West or pushing for a championship. But I think they'll uh, they'll be pleasantly surprising. Well, will Nikola Jokic make an attempt for a third MVP in a row? No, no. Uh, Voter... Yeah, the voter fatigue is definitely going to kick in. Yeah, there's no narrative there. When Murray and Porter Jr. come back, they're just going to say, you know, those guys helped uh, the Nuggets get to 52, 55 wins, whatever it's going to be. And Jokic was, he's probably going to be even better this year, honestly. Like, his efficiency is going to go up somehow, which is insane in itself. He shot like (laughs) 56% from the field. He takes those little, like, 10-foot floaters every single shot. So, he's amazing. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm glad we all agree on the over for the Denver Nuggets. Um, Moving on. Last year's world champions, guys, the Golden State Warriors at 51 and a half wins. 
So we're looking at a loss of of the major names. Andre Guadala. I don't want to call him a, na- a major name, but he deserves some shout out here. Gary Payton II, Otto Porter Jr., Juan Toscano Anderson, and everybody's favorite brother-in-law, Damian Lee. We're looking at additions of Dante DiVincenzo, Jamichael Green, uh, and I don't know. I don't know if you want to consider this major, but Mac McClung, who lit it up during summer league. That kid's nice. For like a super generic looking white guy, Mac McClung is really nice. Check his highlights if you haven't. The boy got some handles. He's got some swag. He's he's, he's fun. Josh, uh, or I, I think we, Raj, why don't you do I this? I think Iguodala's back, too. He said he's coming back for a 19th season. Honestly, it's irrelevant to the, to the conversation because he's not going to play. He's more of a, yeah, of more a coach of at this point. He's like, yeah. Udonis has him coming back. You know, like, what do I care? It's not going to affect dubs. Mm-hmm. Not on the court, at least. Yeah. Um, I, I personally think here, the, I think the Golden State Warriors will probably just go over. I it's fifty one and a half. I think he'll they'll win fifty two games. Um, Steph, Steph is Steph. Uh, Clay will probably have a better season. Uh, I think Jordan. The the benefit they have this year is they don't have to play Steph as hard because Jordan Poole will be expected to take some bigger leaps and strides. Um, and, uh, they have a solid core and whoever they plug and play, uh, it seems to really work. And let's not forget, they still have Wiggins, Draymond Green, a lot of play, like, uh, Kevon Looney, like they have a lot of players that have played together. So as long as Steph stays healthy, plays at least 55 games, they're winning like 52, 53. Uh. I don't know, man. I'm not. I'm not sold on the Warriors. I wasn't sold on them last year, to be honest. I mean, last year they hit 53 wins, so they would have had the over. But I don't know. I think they're gonna rest a lot this year. I just feel like the, the Steph is gonna get like a lot of sit like time on the bench just to chill, like you said. And Jordan Poole's gonna have a bigger role, but Jordan Poole's also playing for a contract this year. So is Andrew Wiggins. Will it get to their head a little bit? Will it mess them up? Maybe. Hopefully, they play James Wiseman some more. Get him some more touches, which what I assume would mean less wins. I don't know. I uh, I don't know. I just don't. I wasn't fond of them last year going into the season either. So I'm going under on this one. I am also going under on this one. I think they're going to be uh, fourth to sixth seed this year, and I think that's just a combination of a they're an old team, so like you mentioned, they're probably going to sit out a bunch of games, and also there's going to be injuries. But the biggest thing, like you mentioned, is integrating the three young guys into their lineup because they need these guys to play minutes this year. Like, you're not going to have Andre Iguodala playing minutes. Steven Chenzo, I think, is a really good pickup. I think he's going to play a lot of minutes for them. But again, like, you're going to have to integrate not only him, but the three young guys, Moody, Wiseman, and Kaminga, and then figure out where they fit off the bench. And these guys obviously want to show out. They want to show their skills. Same with Jordan Poole is going into a contract here, like you mentioned. Andrew Wiggins, same thing. And they're going to have a decision to make in the trade deadline as to what they're going to do with those two guys specifically with Wiggins and Poole. Because if they don't trade them and they happen, or I mean, if they extend them, their payrolls, I think at like 400 or $500 million, it's something insane with the luxury tax. So they have a lot of question marks going into this year. And I think that's going to cause them to be under in this scenario, but obviously be a really dangerous playoff team. The, the funnier thing about their payroll, like obviously they have to pay Wiggins and Poole and whatever. But Draymond Green is already out there, like trying to get his extension ready. 
the guy has like two more years left. And because you know he's going to take his player option uh, after this year, right? He's just guaranteed $27 million after that. But you know Draymond Green is going to start pressuring this team to just, you know, hey guys, where's my money at? You're going to pay Jordan Poole and not me? I brought you like four championships. You're going to pay that guy and not me? You know Draymond wants a bag to continue getting the bag. So like, will this cause more of a rift or like weird chemistry issues in the locker room? It could. Draymond's pissed people off before. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see him just pushing hard for his defensive player of the year. Uh, how this team has won four in a row, or not four in a row, but four out of the last, what, seven championships. So um, I, I think there's just going to be a lot from Draymond. And I think the Warriors are expecting it. They have people on the ground. Um, but again, the, the thing that makes this team dangerous is they have five of their starters coming back. Clay is going to have another year under his belt. Her is there. Uh, and the key is like the reasons they didn't do well was Steph was injured. And now they have um, Jordan Poole kind of carry that load a little. You expect a little more from Wiggins. You might actually see Draymond actually try to put up some offensive stats this year. So um, I honestly Hell think no. they're going to they're gonna win more than 50 games. And uh, I think they'll be 52. Yeah, I, I could definitely foresee the Dream on Green podcast being a major storyline this upcoming season when he says certain things on it that he shouldn't. That can, again, like Peter mentioned, cause team chemistry issues when he's not getting the bag that everyone knows he's not going to get. He's going to have to play out his contract, <laughs> and he's going to have to earn his next contract because he looked pretty washed in the playoffs up until the last game in a bit of the finals. So I could definitely foresee that being a major issue and him causing some problems in the locker room. He looked washed all year, man. Draymond was the king of like of stat lines of seven 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 with one steal and one block last year. My God. So brutal. Alright, let's move on, man. The Houston Rockets. Twenty three and a half wins. This is this is pitiful stuff. We're looking at losing <laughs> John Wall, obviously gone to the Clippers. Christian Wood, we already talked about, gone to the Mavericks. And lastly, Dennis Schroeder. When Dennis Schroeder is a big name getting dropped in the summer, you know you know it's a big deal. And who do they add? Our favorite big man, Boban Marjanovic. Jabari Smith, obviously the major draft pick. And that's about it. Unless you want to talk about Trey Daniels or Marquise Chris, but gotcha. I don't want to talk about those guys. So, uh, 23 and a half, Josh. We're... Yep. Looking pretty bleak. Pretty, pretty bleak. Yeah, last year they won 20 games. They were 26th in offense and 29th in defense. And I don't really see any of that changing this year. And they have a couple of things that um, are not going in their favor. In that I think uh, Kevin, Porter Jr., <coughs> Kevin Porter Jr. excuse me, um, has a potential contract extension coming up. And he's going to be out there trying to play for his bag. And that can only mean bad things for Houston. And then you figure that this is finally the year that Eric Gordon gets traded, right? I mean, he's going into the last year of his deal, I believe. And he's one of the only adults left on the team. That's funny. You would figure this is finally going to happen. And once he leaves the team, like they have no chance to win um, a decent amount of games unless they just catch some teams by surprise at the end of the year when they win games that they don't really mean to. So you're going under, right? Yeah, yeah. definitely. I'll say 21 <laughs> wins, so one win more than last year. Wow. Fancy. 
I'm going to make this nice, short, and sweet. It's going to be 20 wins. It's an under. And Eric Gordon is 15 years older than their youngest player, Jabari Smith Jr. I mean, that is that is quite the difference. He has to be moved, man. There's no way they keep Eric Gordon on for another two years. What is the point of that? Yeah, that's... Uh, oh, we don't need to talk about Houston, man. Shit. We're all going under. Let's just move on. The Josh, this team should have been who you said would be the title, like the title favorites here this year. The Los Angeles Clippers, boy, finally getting Kawhi Leonard back. They got our boy John Wall in this year. They got Moses Brown, who you know we were really high on in OKC a couple of years ago. And uh, honestly, they didn't lose much. Lost Rodney Hood, who cares? They lost Isaiah Hartenstein, who cares? But mainly, they added Norm Powell and Robert Covington last year during the season. That's huge. So their over-under is 52 and a half. I'm, well, I don't know if I'm going over yet, but uh, <laughs> they're going to be hovering around that point, man. <laughs> it all really depends on Kawhi's health, right, Josh? Like, if he plays, then they're they're doing well. But if he doesn't play, oh boy. Yeah, and Paul George as well. I mean, they've already said that they're going to be very careful with both guys going into the season, and they're going to have scheduled rest for them, especially early on in the year. There's been talk about Kawhi not uh, like having a major minutes limit where he only plays 28 to 30 minutes a game. So I think between all that and, you know, John Wall obviously going to be sitting out a bunch of games this year too. Um, I think they're going under. I think they're like Golden State. They're going to be a very dangerous team in the playoffs. Um, their offensive efficiency last year was not very good. And that's with a team that was full of a bunch of dudes, pretty much. And Paul George playing half the games, I think. They're 24th in offense. So that's definitely going to go up. So you think they'd be better than last year, obviously. Um, but overall, with all these guys sitting out games and them having the same issue every single year in that they have no chemistry going into the playoffs, I, I think that's going to be a major issue for them at the end of the year. But ultimately, throughout the course of the regular season, this is one of the deepest teams of all time, so I'm swaying both ways a little bit, but ultimately I'm going to stick with the under. Oh, I'm going over, man. I don't know. <laughs> I, I kind of agree with Josh. I think they know I, I think they know what the bigger prize is. Like if they win 56, 57 games and they have a player that's injured or they don't make it past the second round, it's a it's a disappointing season. So I could see them winning like 50, 51 games, comfortably getting into the fifth spot in the West. And with most of their players healthy, I think that's a more successful season and then having a, a healthy playoff run. So I'm going to go with the under. All I can say is last year they won 42 games without Kawhi. I think Kawhi will easily bring them more than 10 games, even if he only plays half the year. So say he, he sits all the back to backs, three and four days or whatever. If he plays 40 games, he's easily going to bring them more than 10 wins. And the roster is the exact same otherwise. But better with Covington and Powell in for the full year. Give me, I'm taking that over. I convinced myself while you guys were talking. How about that? Gotta be, yeah, gotta I mean, be loyal, man. Paul George, like I mentioned, has also sat out a ton of games. I think he had, he played 31 games last year. Is that right? And most, let me check this right now. Paul George last year played 31 games. Yeah, so man. everything is saying over, but. It's the Clippers, and they're going to be careful this year. So I'm still going to stick with the under. I'm not happy about this, but I'll stick with the under. (laughs) 
Okay, well, uh, let's move down the tunnel to the other team in the Staples Center, the Los Angeles Lakers, who everyone is just bored of talking about this offseason. But oddly enough, not like the main storyline because of the Suns and Celtics situations. Anyways, they added Patrick Beverly, who paired with Russell Westbrook would be hilarious, Troy Brown Jr., Thomas Bryant, and Damian Jones. Josh, you like Damian Jones, don't you? Brought back Dennis Schroeder, Juan Toscano-Anderson, Lonnie Walker. Man, this team did a lot. Let go of, uh, honestly, a lot of dead weight. I, I, I hate to say it, but guys like Avery Bradley, Wayne Ellington, DJ Augustine, Kent Bazemore say goodbye. Taylor Horton Tucker is finally off the roster after they refused to trade him for Kyle Lowry a couple of years ago. Malik Monk went and joined my favorite team in the Sacramento Kings. This Lakers <laughs> team is all sorts of weird. So, 45 and a half wins, guys. All in all, do we think that Russell Westbrook is either going to be traded early enough or will accept a different role? Maybe he'll play defense for once in his life, Raj? I don't know. What do you think about this 45 and a half wins? This is probably one of the tougher ones just because I think the Lakers will make uh, a move before the trade deadline and their roster may look, I don't want to say completely different, but they may add a piece or two to give them an extra couple of wins in the season. Um, And again, having LeBron's team under 45 wins in the West means that you're expecting him to be in the seventh and eighth seed. And in back-to-back seasons, I just don't see that happening. I am going to say Vegas is good. 45 and a half is a tough one. If it was 44 and a half, I would have taken the over. I would have said 45 wins. So uh, I'm, I'm going to actually go with the over here. I think they win 46 games. Um, I think they're they're almost a 500 team. But the fact that they have LeBron, um, they're going to get, I think, probably another piece. I think Westbrook will either be traded at some point in the season or he'll have a more diminished role, which is a win for them. Um, so I'm going to say, uh, 46 wins. So over for this Lakers team. Hard under, give me the hard under for sure. This roster, they moved a bunch of parts out and brought a bunch of random parts in. None of it really matters except for maybe Beverly, but even he doesn't matter unless they move Westbrook before the season starts. And then of course they get this puff piece that was released today by I think Woj saying that Westbrook's all in on the Lakers and he's willing to do whatever it takes, even coming off the bench, maybe. There's just no way that's going to happen. He's gonna—he's the new Iverson. I said it a couple of years ago. The same thing's got happening with him. He's being you know, pushed out of the league because he just can't adjust his game to be an effective player in a smaller role. And if he stays on the team for any amount of time, plus the bigger issue that we haven't even talked about yet is obviously Anthony Davis and LeBron James actually playing games. So if any of those guys miss extended time, which I think last year they both played, I think around 55 to 60 games, that happens again. They have no chance of winning 40 games. And, yeah. you know, based on what we've seen in the last couple of years, there's no expectation to, you know, believe that's going to actually happen to where they play 65 plus games. And their roster's trash. Let's just be honest. <laughs> it isn't a good roster, but when you have LeBron James... Um, hopefully Anthony Davis plays at least 50 to 60 games. Um, I, I think they'll be able, that, that's a lot, I know, but hopefully, like just for the sake of the NBA, um, I, I think they have enough 
talents on that team to win 45 games. I don't or 46 games, I guess. Um, but yeah, it's gonna be close. Okay, so- Anthony Davis last year played 40 games. The year before that, he played 36 games. Just so- yeah. I'm not surprised by any of this, but again, um, I, I just hope that he somehow stays healthy. So you think they have just enough talent to do this then, right? To win 46 games? I, I think the fact that they will probably make a trade at some point in the season, I'm kind of banking on that. That's part of my analysis. This current roster, I think they're under. I think they'll be like 42, 41, 42. I think making a change will give them an extra four wins Okay, that's at some point in the season. Yeah, like the only way I see that happening is if they make the Indiana trade where they get Turner and healed back, something like that. Um, but giving away future unprotected first-round picks for those two guys, I would not be doing that. But ultimately, what I was going to ask you is based on your prediction, what is, based on the current roster, the Lakers' closing five on day one of the regular season? And end of game situations, obviously, and again, healthy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, it'd be LeBron, Anthony Davis, uh, Patrick Beverly, um, probably um, they, oof. I can imagine either <laughs> Lonnie Walker. Oof. Oof. Yeah, Lonnie Walker. Um, and uh, yeah, then they have that gap that they need to address. And probably at some point, Russell Westbrook. It's, it's going to be Russ, and it's going to be Troy Brown Jr., unfortunately. But, Oof. Yeah. Oof. Lonnie Walker's not going to play down the stretch, man. Yo, you know why Troy, Troy Brown Jr. has been working out with LeBron, man? He's going to get that special treatment just yeah. like Chetty Osmond did in Cleveland. Just watch. <laughs> He's been working out with LeBron all summer, yeah, they, man. And uh, Ru- yeah, Russ also, is buying into Durbin Hampton. They also have Kendrick Brown. Uh, what? We also have Kendrick Nunn if he's still alive. Uh, he literally didn't play a second last year. I'm not counting him for anything. You know yeah. what I, mean? I think you guys are both missing the guy who's actually going to be in the closing lineup. Wanyan Gabriel. Austin Reeves. Bingo. Hillbilly Kobe. He's going to start too. Hillbilly <laughs> <laughs> Kobe. He can actually make a difference for them, honestly. Like if him and Beverly are both Ooh. in the closing lineup, they're both good defensive players, and he could be the next Caruso. Yeah, sure, <laughs> this team so. sucks. I hate talking oh. about the Lakers. Let's move on. The Memphis Grizzlies, guys. Let's do this one quick because uh, injuries are gonna work this one. Kyle Anderson, Jared Culver, DeAnthony Melton out of the window. We're bringing in guys like Danny Green, Kenny Lofton Jr., who was a beast during summer league, uh, and unfortunately, an injured Jaron Jackson Jr. for the first couple of months of the year. Their over under is forty nine and a half. I'm gonna go under just because that triple J injury, man. I they're gonna be fun. They're gonna be great. Memphis, everybody loves watching Memphis, but uh, now that other teams are gonna prepare for them more, plus the Jaron Jackson Jr. injury, I'm going under. What's the over under again? Forty nine and a half. Oh, and I'm I'm going with the under. Like, uh, I think losing, I know this is going to be a silly thing to say, but I think I still have question marks about John Morant's overall long-term health. Um, I think when he plays, great player, but obviously there's a bit of concern about how physical he plays uh, and how that's going to hold up again over an 82-game season. Uh, again, Jaron Jackson has to stay healthy, and 
losing Kyle Anderson was, I think, a bit of a a, a pretty big loss. Um, he kind of gave them something that they didn't have, and I can see them playing a little too much of a running gun style, which is great uh, to watch. But I, I think uh, the West is kind of slowly figuring out what this Memphis team is, and I don't think they can surprise any team. So I think they'll win like 47 games, 48 games under uh, their predicted total, and I think they'll end up being the sixth seed in the West. I think this team is destined to be a playing team this year. And the reason why I think that, as you mentioned, I think Kyle Anderson is a huge loss for them. Um, he sort of filled in really well, uh, just being like a point forward type and being a really good. Like he's actually a really good defensive player. If you actually watched him play, like he's even though he's slow, yeah. he's got great feet. He knows where to be. And losing him is a huge loss because now it's Jaron Jackson Jr. out for three to four months. Um, the main reason yeah. why, you know, Memphis did really well with John Morant out where they were like 20 and two last year is because their defense went from 28th in the league at the time to number two or number one over the course of when he was injured. And I can't really see them doing that when they're bringing in a bunch of rookies who are probably going to pop because it's Memphis. Like Memphis has become like San Antonio in that regard, where they bring in all these like late first round, second round dues, and they just, they do really well because Memphis knows how to develop players. But, you know, relying on those guys early in the year when Jaron Jackson's out and then the inevitable John Morant injury is probably going to happen. Um, I don't see them being as good on, on defense because they don't have enough guys to rely on. They lost Melton too, like you mentioned. So I think they're going to be in the playing game this year, and there's no guarantee they're going to make the playoffs. Yeah, our boy John Conchar is going to have to carry the load a lot of this, and uh, I don't want John Conchar to carry the load for my team. <laughs> I like John Conchar, but uh, you know he's not meant for to carry the load. Some guys are better as role players, so. I guess we've all went uh, on the under for the Memphis Grizzlies. Shall we move on? Uh, let's just say two. Like what? They drafted two white dudes who look just oh. like Conchar. Yeah, they do look like him. Are you on Real GM too? Because that's what I'm on. No, I'm just on Google. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He needs the images. Well, next up, we have the Minnesota Timberwolves, guys. Remember, Remember when the Timberwolves are like... The big news of the offseason? What happened to that? Jesus. Feels like forever ago. Losing guys like Malik Beasley, Patrick Beverly, uh, Josh Koji, Jared Vanderbilt, obviously. Bringing in, obviously, the biggest, second, third biggest move of the offseason. Rudy Gobert, Bryn Forbes, Kyle Anderson, who we just sung praises about constantly. Uh, and, oh, my favorite, my favorite chucker, Josh, Austin Reeves. Sorry, Austin Rivers, not Austin Reeves. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. That's that's my fault. Uh, Raj, what do you think here? The Minnesota Timberwolves are sitting at 47 and a half. Oof. I'm going to go over. I think uh, Anthony Edwards is going to take a big step up. Um, and having Rudy Gobert defensively will help anchor this team. Uh, I, I think... I have question marks about their success in the playoffs and how much kind of guard and wing depth they have behind Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, who, again, I think regular season, good enough. Playoffs, I have question marks. But they're a long team. They'll be better defensively. Um, I think coaching will really make this work. Um, But uh, I think they'll win closer to 49, 50 wins, Uh, probably be in the top four, around four. 
This is going to be my Phoenix Suns pick from a couple of years ago where you guys were shitting on me for calling them a top three seed. And what did they do? They were a top three seed. And the very next year, they were first seed in the West. The Minnesota Timberwolves are going to be the first seed in the Western Conference this upcoming season because, A, they're going to start out with a lot of great energy. I know I mentioned this on a different podcast, but they're going to start out probably 10-0 and 0 on their schedule because they have a bunch of tanking teams and the Lakers who are probably going to be a tanking team. They're going to start out red hot. There's going to be a lot of feel-good energy around the team. Rudy Gobert is a top 10 defense all on his own. And this is going to be a really good regular season team. And as you mentioned, the playoffs, the whole different story. Who knows what's going to happen there? I'd still take the Clippers and the Warriors over them. But ultimately, this team is destined to be a really, really good powerhouse of a team in the Western Conference. So we're all agreed on the over on this one, 47 and a half. Because, uh... I think you went over. Josh, you convinced me a couple of weeks ago, and the more I thought about it, the more you're right. Rudy Gobert is an excellent regular season player. uh, Regular season player. He's obviously top 10, top 5 defensive player on, like, can turn a team into a top 5, top 10 defense alone. There's no reason that this team would not be a top 3 caliber team. So, I'm in on it. I, I I just want them to have a lineup of Anthony Edwards... Kyle Anderson, Jaden McDaniels, Carl Anthony Towns, and Rudy Gobert. Just like one guard, five tall guys that can not Anthony, uh, not Cat, but the three other guys just kind of <laughs> defensive players, and uh, Anthony Edwards and Cat kind of carrying them offensively. Oh man, yeah. I mean, the only downside of this team potentially is D'Angelo Russell because I'm just not a fan of his game, but mm. he doesn't have to do that much on this team if he actually accepts his role and plays off ball a bit more, runs some pick and rolls in the second unit, and just becomes more of a spot-up guy, this team could be really, really good. But he's Which I think he will. Here. He's going to a contract here, right? So you think you'd want to get paid, and that's the way to get paid. I think he's very coachable. Like, since the Lakers days, I think he's uh, he's developed a lot. I'm, I'm in on this D'Angelo Russell train. I'm not in on Cat. I, I still do not like Cat whatsoever. Cat needs to stop talking about who's the best shooting big man ever and, you know, play some goddamn defense once in a while. Can we <laughs> just just quickly, Minnesota was 14th in defense last year. That's got to be top 10 this year. So just that in itself is going to push them up a few seeds. And then you look at their lineup. Their lineup is massive. Like they got Russell who's 6 foot 5, Edwards is 6 6 6 7, McDaniel's is 6 9, and then you got the Twin Towers in there. Towns and Gobert. So again, this team's gonna be really hard to score against in the regular season. Yeah, they're tall. Cat's defense might be the only thing that lets Draymond Green ever score in the NBA. <laughs> Moving on. Very possible. <laughs> the New Orleans Pelicans. Literally nothing noteworthy of in terms of offseason movement, except for uh, giving Zion a contract extension, which we all expected. Hopefully Zion comes back healthy this year. You know, that would be great for all of us. But they're sitting at 44 and a half wins. Uh, Josh, uh, I think you were pretty high on the Pelicans last we talked, right? Like, you're, you like this team. What do you think? Yeah, this can go one of two ways. They were the feel-good team of last year, and you can look at them and say, are they going to be the New York Knicks of a couple of years ago? where they made the playoffs, they feel really good about their roster, and then the next year you look at them and they're, you're just like, how did they even make the playoffs? But I don't see that with this team because they actually have real talent, unlike the Knicks. You're bringing in Zion Williamson, 
who averaged 27 points a game, who hopefully will play enough games this season to make this team what it should be. And last year, they made the playoffs despite being 19th in offense. And I think they were 20th in defense. Yeah, 20th in defense. So you have to figure like those two things are going to turn around with they had really good chemistry in the playoffs, right? Like they found their rotation, they figured out who they were. Now it's just a matter of integrating Zion and wondering who's going to be the first option. I think that's the biggest question with them. Who's going to be the first option on this team? I think it has to be Zion. I mean, he's the cornerstone, right? Like he's your superstar. You based everything around this one guy, so he has to be the number one option. But whether but is Brandon Ingram going to accept that though? That's the only question that I have. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think that they'll accept it to 44 and a half wins. That's for sure. I'm going under on this. Wow. I was wow. thinking Zion's going to play the full point. year. Why? Why do we think Zion's going to yeah. be healthy? Yeah. What the hell? See, see, I think Zion obviously is the, the question mark. This team is probably a 42 win team with the chances of Zion playing like the whole season. Um, like the chance is 50-50, so I'd give them 50% uh, record. If Zion plays a bit more, add a few more wins, maybe five, six wins if he ends up playing 60, 70 games. If he plays less, it could be like a 38, 37-win team. So somewhere in between, I'm going to give them 42. Actually, I'll give them 43 wins. I'll say they're a bit better than 500, um, but I'm going with the under. They are going to be a top five seed in the Western Conference this year. Mark it down. Wow, okay. I think you have so. I think you have eight top five teams. <laughs> now I've taken a few unders. I've taken a couple unders at least. Uh, yeah, but but you've said funny. definitely a few teams were top five. I think I have what or New Orleans, Dallas, Minnesota. I don't know who beyond that because everyone else I said under right. You have yeah. yeah. You have Dallas, Denver, Minnesota, and now New Orleans as your overs so far. There we go. All Let's right. go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Next up, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Do we do we really need to talk about this very much? I mean, they drafted Chet. Chet gets injured during a pro am game. Uh, they have Shea. Shea is going to be out for the first what two months of the season? First month of the season with an MCL sprain. Eight months. Eight months. Sorry, one month. Eight months, eight months. They're just going to bench yeah. his ass, probably. I think they're doing the reverse tank with Shea. Like, last year, they let Shea get off to a hot start. This year, they're going to have Shea play the latter half of the season and then, you know, do that thing. But, I mean, realistically, they just drafted a bunch of guys. Uh, they're going to yeah. tank their way again, and hopefully they get Victor Webman Yama next year. So, the Oklahoma City Thunder so, are 26 and a half wins. I'm going under on this. Under. Pound the under. Josh? Yeah, I'll it take the under as well. Man. I'll take go. the under as well. Um, but there is one big subplot with this team is SGA in that I think if they don't play him for the course of the regular season, that's going to cause issues. And I think he might be the next big guy, big trade potential uh, target for these big markets in that he might force his way out at some point. And he should. Yeah, he should. He deserves better than this. And it, it is unfortunate too, right? Because they have a pretty decent looking core if Chet Holmgren actually played this year. I actually like their core a lot, but you know, he's a stick figure and you can't rely on his health. And that's <laughs> shown to be true. He goes up for one contested LeBron layup in a summer league game or pro-am game, whatever, and he breaks. Yeah. 
not great. All right, let's let's move on, guys. Um, I mean, this team was pretty pretty popping in the news cycle like last week until the Boston news. The Phoenix Suns at fifty two and a half wins. We're looking Ooh. at losing Aaron Holiday, losing JaVale McGee, bringing in. I mean, they didn't really bring in anybody unless you want to talk about new ownership, but that's about it. Because, uh, yeah, Josh Akoji. Yeah, pass me the, pass me the ball here. I'm going to tell you fifth. It was a fifty-two and a half. We are looking at fifty-two and a half wins. Yeah, hit the under. They're going to win 49, 48 games. Uh, Chris Paul's old. His hamstrings won't hold up. They're again. They know after making it to the finals the year before that it all comes down to playoff performances. Um, obviously, you want a good seed, but not at the expense of injuring some of your players or wearing them down. Uh, and again, Jay Crowder's probably gone, and uh, that means they're going to have no finals run. So, under. I like how you just threw that in there at the end of your your talk that uh, you know Jay Crowder is the reason why they went to the finals. He led the, the Miami Heat as well, right? So, yeah, that actually is a pretty big story in Phoenix, though. Like the fact that came out today that he's not going to be a part of their training camp and they're trying to find a trade for him. Like everyone sort of found out um, throughout the course of the offseason that he wanted out, and there's no real reason behind it. Like he's been getting pretty good minutes on this team, and he plays in closing lineups. So it's just an oddity. Um, but ultimately, like Cam Johnson needs to start. So I think this is ultimately a good thing. I hope they get something decent for him because the Suns are obviously a team that hates drafting. So I think they're going to trade Crowder for somebody who can actually play. So you think that that guy can actually come in and play some minutes, hopefully. Um, but ultimately, I think this is also an under. I'm taking the under too. And uh, yeah, like this this roster, like they are a wins machine in the regular season. But there's a lot of different issues, obviously, with the ownership. You know, what happens with DeAndre Ayton going into the year as well. They just have a lot of question marks. Yeah, DeAndre Ayton is not going to come back happy. And uh, it's never a good look when your starting center is going to be a grump. Or let's assume he's going to be a grump, at least. Yeah, I'm going under. The Phoenix Suns have way too much to work through. And uh, Chris Paul is old. Take that, Josh. He's very old. I can't Can dispute that. Father time is undefeated. Indeed. Uh, let's move on to the Portland Trail Blazers. We're looking at 40 and a half wins. Uh, who did they lose? They basically lost nobody of relevance. Did they sign anybody? Did they get anybody? We are looking at Jeremy Grant, Wes Iwundu, Gary Payton II, and uh, hopefully a healthy Damian Lillard. I'm going over on this, man. 40 and a half wins? For pretty much uh, a similar starting lineup to last year, they still have Nurkic that hopefully Dane comes back and bring in Jeremy Grant and Anthony Simons at year two. Give me the over. Yeah, um, I'll take the over as well. Um, Damian Lillard sat out the entire, pretty much the entire season last year, and thus they just tanked the season. Um, I do worry about what they're going to do with that backcourt. Because Simons is smaller, I think, than uh, CJ McCollum, if I'm not mistaken. And him and Dame play pretty much the exact same game, which also worries me too. Like, CJ yeah. is more of an off-ball <laughs> guy. And Simons yeah. is, like, not purely on-ball. He's a really good spot-up shooter too. But he's really good on the ball as well. So they're going to have to figure out what they're going to do with those two guys. And then what they do with the rest of their starting lineup. Because if they start Hart with Jeremy Grant and Nurkic, that's pretty good. I sort of like their lineup in the regular season. 
but their bench is not the greatest. That's what worries me. If there's injuries on this team, they're going to tank. So, and I was surprised. I mean, Dame re-upped, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, they're, they're sort of stuck with this roster going forward and I don't really see them being a, I mean, Portland always ends up in the top four. It seems like when a bunch of teams get injured over the course of the last 10 years. So what I'm saying is probably completely untrue. But uh, I will take the over for sure, and they're going to be a planning team. Wow, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna take the under. I think injuries. Um, wow, I I just don't think that Billups and this team as a whole are going to be that successful in a pretty competitive Western Conference. Oh man, I, we got to talk a, a some sort of bet here, Raj. Under yeah. on this team, wow! I I thought we were going to be unanimous on the on the Trailblazers, man. That's a good team. That's a lot of offensive firepower and surprisingly deep. Gary Payton's going to have a big, big role on this team, man. Josh, I know you said they're not deep, but they're deeper than you. They're like a good eight deep. Yeah, but in the regular season, that may yeah. not be enough. I like Gary Payton. I love Gary Payton. Actually, I think he's a great pickup. Obviously, but you look at the rest of their bench. Like, name some of the guys who are going to be playing minutes. Are they going to play their number seven? Overall pick, Shaden Sharp. I don't Probably. think they will. Eh. Why? On a team that wants to win, you're going to play a guy that's that raw. I don't think he's going to play. Hmm. Hmm. Is Nazir Little coming back? Is he healthy? Yeah. He'll be oh, a nice, good. you know, bench piece for sure. I think he's coming back sure. early in the season. Him, sure. him and Justin Winslow are the same player, but. We got to move on, man. This is too much for the Portland Trailblazers. Justin Winslow. I love when Raj like slightly fucks up a player's name. It's so funny to me. Justice Winslow. There you go. I love it. All right, the Sacramento Queens guys. Let's get it. This is my my dark horse team for that playing tournament. Thirty-two and a half wins. We're bringing in <laughs> Kent Bazemore. Fuck, Kent Bazemore is on this team. That's not good. Quinn Cook, my boy. Matthew Delavadova. Josh. Wait, He's did you say back. Quinn Cook? Oh my god. Yeah. Quinn what Cook. What the hell? No, I actually don't care about Quinn Cook. I'm just trying to hype it up, man. Kevin Herter, who's actually my boy. I love Kevin Herter. Uh, Malik Monk, Keegan Murray. This this team is just going to be gunning all year. They're going to gun themselves to 32 and a half wins, boy. We're going over. Like, oh my god. I, <laughs> I feel like they're going to make some dumbass trade to try to make the playoffs again and Give up more draft picks to win another three games. So I'm going to go with the over. They're going to win 35 games, not make the play in. Um, oh, they're making the play. And uh, just they're making the so. play. There's and, too many shitty teams in the West, man. No, there isn't. Uh, the Jazz, the Spurs, and the Thunder are going to be the bottom three in the West already, right? And after that, I'm sure one of these teams are going to fall off. <laughs> There's no way that all of the no the Rockets also. That's four teams that are bad. So I just need one more team yeah. to have one major injury. And, the, and that's the Kings. No, nah, man. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> the Queens are going to slide their way right in there into play-in tourney. Man, that's it. Man, they just, they literally got an extra, they got five twos to hopefully find one that works with De'Aaron Fox. Work. Like they literally did. We'll, we'll see. We're gunning, we'll boys. I, They're going to be a fun team to watch. No, I, just, we'll just watch, man. They're going to be fun. Uh, yeah, they're going to be fun, but they're just going to be a turnstile on defense. That's the only thing. Like they're going to score a lot of points, obviously, and they might win a bunch of games at home. But on the road, they'll get those points kill. back. They're going to get those points back when they score, man. Just watch. <laughs> they are roadkill on the road. They are done. 
Because this this roster, especially this bench, I mean, I, I'm not a big fan. I mean, you got a lot of guys that are gunning, obviously, but those guys can easily shoot you out of games too. And the only thing that I sort of like about this team is that they brought Mike Brown in. So maybe he'll change their defensive identity a little bit. But Damn in right. doing so, he may not play guys like Malik Monk that much, right? So I don't know. I'm not a big fan. Ooh, and they got my boy Trey, Canadian legend Trey Lyles, man. How do you not like this? <laughs> my God. I hope they don't play Kent Bazemore. He's not going to be very good for this team. Yeah. They are the sexy <laughs> pick going into the year for the play-in tournament, but I just don't. I'll still take the over, but I, I can't see them winning like 40 to 42 games to be in like whoever's going to be in that territory. Like I said, Memphis is going to be in that territory. Yeah. Would you think Memphis or Sacramento? Come on. Well, obviously, I didn't yeah. say the playoffs. I said play in. Relax. You should be a man and call playoffs on this podcast. Nah, I can't do it. Well, we'll save that for next yeah, maybe, podcast. Maybe another day. Give me drinking a bit and we'll talk. Uh, okay, moving on. We got two more teams. Let's hammer these out quick. San Antonio Spurs, 23 and a half. They literally have no one on their team. I'm not even going to look at their roster because they don't have anybody. What do we think? And and Kelvin Johnson came in, coming injured. This is going to be uh, the goodbye party for Greg Popovich. Uh, this is going to be a twenty-one team. They're going to be uh, uh, probably, I'd say, one win less than the Rockets. Let's say nineteen wins. Wow. Um, so the Rockets will be the second best team in Texas. Um, and uh, this is an under. That's funny. I like that. Yeah. What kind of what kind of <laughs> You know, going away party is that winning like 15 <laughs> games? Poor Pop, man. Is he gonna quit halfway through the year? Nah, man. Yeah, probably. He might. Pop still runs the organization. He'll be there. I'm pretty sure if you add all the game, all the seasons that the 15 man roster have played, it's less than how much Greg Popovich has coached. Not great, Bob. Not not great, Bob. Oh, by the way, we're looking at stars like. Doug McDermott, Josh Richardson, Z- Zach Collins, and Jakob Pertl. And again, Keldon Johnson, Josh Primo. Man, yeah. this is going to be an under. Hard under. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Last team. Can we crank this out in a minute and 50 seconds, guys? The Utah Jazz with just Mike Conley and Boyan Bogdanovich left, left on the team? Is Boyan that what is with your team now. Oh, he pistons. was straight to the Pistons. My apologies. So we got Mike Conley, Lowry Markinen, uh Kelly Olinick, Taylor Horton Tucker. Half these guys are gonna get traded by the time the, the season starts or halfway through the year. I'm going under on this 32 and a half, man. Are you crazy? Oh yeah. It's 32 and this a half. Is complete. 32 and a half. Yo, put real Yo. money on this. Hey, I, End the I podcast go. I right now. Money. Let's go to the books. <laughs> Yo, what? Yeah, let's, let's end the podcast. Let's get the line before it Ooh. starts tanking and the world knows about this line. But yeah, this is under. Under, under, under. Jesus. They win 16 games, 17 games. This is incredible. I, I didn't think we would actually get something worth putting money down on. This is a, I'm going to have to go to Bodog after this, man. Yeah, this area behind me is about to go online right now. I'm betting the mortgage on under. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. All right, guys, this this is very good stuff. And with that, I'm going to call here. I want to thank everyone for listening. Please remember to rate and subscribe on iTunes, on Spotify. You can catch us on Instagram and Twitter at Hoops Corner Pod. And until next time, peace.